Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is going to be episode two in the series of School Opinions. Today's topic is going to be, are students getting enough sleep? In a source on Healthline that talks about how most high school students are not getting enough sleep, they lay out a bunch of statistics. One of those I found really interesting. Uh, 73% of high school students do not get enough sleep. That amount of sleep that they're supposed to be getting is 8 to 10 hours. But for preteens, it's 9 to 12 hours. So let me start with this. Why are schools starting so early if there seem to be so many negative aspects of it? Students' bodies are telling them to get up later and stay up later. But parents think that sending their kids to bed early helps. Is this true? Does it benefit anyone in schools to start the day this early? Are classes as effective as they could be as it pertains to students' drowsiness in the mornings and throughout the rest of the day? We're going to answer all of these questions and more in today's episode of School Opinions, Are Students Getting Enough Sleep? In an article called, Is Your Teen Getting Enough Sleep? 73% Don't, Here's Why, by Leah Campbell, she points out a lot of different aspects of high school students and their sleep patterns. She, mention, she mentions that students should be shutting off their devices before 10 p.m. for the night. And I personally struggle with this. I always go to bed watching YouTube or fall asleep with a YouTube video playing right next to me. It's very, it's very bad, and I'd be curious to try this 10 p.m. Um, idea of sh shutting off all my devices. But the other thing she mentions that is really important and strikes me is that these students have different sleep cycles than adults. And that might seem obvious, but maybe less obvious to somebody who doesn't think about it as much. A lot of parents try and make their kids go to bed um, when they do. So if the parents want to call it a night at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 8.30, um, and I've heard, I've heard of people... All, all of those times, people go to bed at all those times that I know personally. Um, so they go to bed when they do. And what they need to realize, what this article points out is that their bodies are changing. So their sleep cycles are varying. You know, a lot of people are, are willing to point out that everything's changing uh, at this point in the student's life. Um, and we need to understand that just like the amount of food they need or the size clothing that they're growing into, sleep timing Sleep timing is changing. They're going to be staying up late and sleeping in because their body tells them to. It's not because they're begging or they want to stay up to watch some favorite show. It's because they literally cannot fall asleep. And I think a lot of adults, especially parents, um, expect these students to be getting up early because they need to be prepared for the real world, something along those lines. They claim that everyone who gets up early in order to be successful, um, it's because they get up early it's to be successful. It's, it's like some type of direct correlation that people have um, tried to build up. And I, I'm not going to argue this claim. I actually, I actually do agree with it, but I would offer, I would offer a, another thought on top of it. So like I said, I agree that getting up early is a key component to being successful and ready for your day. But I also believe more strongly that students need their sleep for other reasons. During this time, students need this sleep for their health. Like I said, everything's changing. Um, but the other thing I want to get into is that when I'm talking about something like this, I know the value of an expert's opinion. Uh, after teaching for six years, uh, being a principal for 10, uh, this individual has, individual has returned for their, his second year of teaching. And in order to better understand the classroom activity in the morning and throughout the day, who better to bring in than a teacher and former principal? 
And that's why today I welcome Dr. Bradley Testa uh, to our show. Dr. Testa started his educational journey after high school by attending Dickinson College, where he majored in history and obtained his Pennsylvania teaching certificate. He then went on to Temple University, where he received his master's degree and doctorate in educational administration. He's also currently enrolled at Lebanon Valley College, where he is pursuing his MBA. And what, what is left else to say? Dr. Testa, thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well, Travis. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Looking forward to talking about some hot issues in education, some current trends. But uh, when I'm ready to get started when you are. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to dive into Dr. Tessa's experience, uh, not only as a teacher, but also as a principal. Uh, and this should help better understand, uh, help us better understand the problems that students are having related to, to sleep, because it is proven, it is a thing. Um, so let's just start here. Um, in your experience, how often did you really notice that students were having uh, sleep issues? Was it something that was really easy to notice as a teacher, something you noticed uh, as a principal? So interesting question, Travis. Um, in my seven years as a teacher and 10 years as a school administrator, this is an issue that popped up numerous times for me, both from teachers uh, as, a, as a principal, both hearing that from teachers and seeing it in my students as a classroom teacher. So what I see, and, and I'll talk about first my experience as a classroom teacher, is that in the morning, when kids are first getting to school, having been a middle school teacher, school starting at 7.30 a.m., uh, kids come into school tired. They, they come into tired. They, they come into school tired. They're not ready to learn. You, you don't know what time they went to bed the, night, the previous night. You don't know what they had for breakfast. You don't know what, they, what time they woke up. You don't know what they had to do at home before they came to school. So sleep deprivation amongst kids, especially at the middle school and high school level, is a real thing. Um, those morning classes can be pretty empty when you're talking about volume and participation. Kids don't want to participate when they're tired. Kids don't yeah. want to answer questions. Kids just, some, some of the kids are just there. They, they, they're present, but they're not present, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, and actually what you touched on about, uh, first period and even second period, um, I know we were talking before we actually started re recording the podcast, so we had talked about. Uh, first and second period being a waste. Um, and you kind of touched on it there. Like, I mean, as a teacher, if you wanted to start there, have you ever had a, a lesson planned out and you really felt like, wow, this is like, this could actually be a really good lesson. I feel like the students are going to be really engaged. I, I think this can just go really well, but then all of a sudden it's just, it's just wasted because students are tired and nobody's participating. Uh, so have you ever had something ha happen like that? Absolutely. All the time, actually. And, and that's one of the beauties of being a teacher and teaching the same thing uh, at different points in the day, is that you can see what's going to work and if students are participating, but and, and adjust the lesson accordingly. And I always say that my first and second period classes are almost my guinea pigs because I can try the lesson out on them and see if it's going to work. And if they're not participating, which often happens first and second period, I adjust my lessons because of that. So I, I sometimes I think it's my lessons, but also it, when you think about it, it really could be the amount of sleep the kids are getting. And are they coming to school prepared to learn? Because if they're not, then your lessons aren't going to be engaging. It could be the most engaging and, and participatory lesson in the world. But if kids aren't getting enough sleep, it's still going to suck because they're not participating. <laughs> it, 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 it could be the best lesson in the world. It doesn't matter. And that's actually, uh, you, you made me think of something else. Um, for you personally, not only just the students um, with this lesson being wasted, does it, does it even benefit anybody? Does it? 
benefit any, I guess, parties, you could say, students, teachers, staff, um, even the board of the school, like getting up early in general, is that actually like benefiting anybody? Well, it it looks at, it depends on what viewpoint and what perspective you want to look at it, Trev. Um, so if you look at a teacher, uh, if say an elementary teacher who works 8.30 to 4.30 in comparison to a high school teacher who may have to be in work at 7.15, but gets to leave at 3.15. So if you're a person that wants to get out early and be done your workday at 3.15, then yes, starting early does matter to them because they... They may be morning people want to be there at 715 because they're going to be done at 315. Whereas an elementary teacher who doesn't get to work until 830, you're tacking 45 minutes on at the end of their day and they're not done till four o'clock. So it's all a matter of perspective. You may have an adult teacher that wants to sleep in and doesn't want to go till and, and doesn't want to be in work until 830 and doesn't mind going till four o'clock. So it's all a matter of perspective. But as far as students, in my experience, the, we have it backwards as a society, as an educational system. Yeah. We send our younger kids to school later and our older kids to school earlier, where in, and I have a 11 and eight year old and they're up at six thirty, seven o'clock every day. Whereas a high school kid's more apt to sleep in until around eight thirty or nine o'clock. So it's kind of like we have it backwards as a system. Should we be sending? And some high schools, have actually gone to this model. But it's almost as though we should be sending our high school students to school at 8.30 and our elementary students to school at 7.30 because that makes more sense. But but the educational system is so hard to change because that's what we've always done. And, it's, and people think that because we've always done it, that we always have to do it that way. And that's just not the case. But it's going to take districts being progressive and forward-thinking in order to even get that conversation onto the table. Do you think, um, bouncing off what you said about flipping flipping the, uh, I guess, elementary and the younger age students' schedules with the older high school student schedules, um, going off of that, uh, do you think that that extra hour or, I guess, 30 to 45 minutes um, is enough? Because I know, I know a lot of people might say, is that really – um, that big of a difference? Like, does it, does that actually really matter? And the other thing I, I would like uh, for you to answer um, is what about how this, this change um, of flipping the schedules would affect uh, parents? Because a lot of parents are going to work. A lot of parents are sending um, their kids to, I guess you could say like childcare or they're sending them somewhere because they're not home in the morning. They can't help them get ready. So, so I guess, what are your kind of your thoughts on that? Like, where do you, do you think that we would run into even bigger problems with that flip than we are with the sleep deprivation problem that we're talking about now? Two great questions. Uh, I'll start with the first one. And it, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, as you know, to work in a pretty progressive school district yeah. that has actually switched the model where as a, as a, as a high school, we are, our teachers are asked to be there by eight o'clock instead of seven thirty, whereas our elementary teachers are asked there has to be there by seven fifteen. So we have switched, and the difference in the high school students is astounding. So I I do think that extra forty five wow. minutes or an hour uh, is beneficial because first period now students are on it, students are ready to go. First period doesn't even start till eight twenty. So while teachers have to be there at eight, our students don't even start class until eight twenty. And that's almost from other school districts that start early. That's almost a full hour after other schools start. So our students are getting more sleep. They're more. They're they're eating lunch later 
which then, and we didn't talk about this, which then helps them if they're in after school activities, because if they're getting to school at 730 and having to eat lunch at 1130 and their sports event or music event doesn't start until 430 or five o'clock, 1130 till five o'clock is a long way to go without a meal. But if you go at 830 and they're not eating till one o'clock, like we do in my school, that's only a three hour time time block that they haven't eaten in. So they're ready to go for a four o'clock after school game or an after school event, whatever that is. So the the whole system seems to work better when we do that and when we make that change. But yes, I think the hour is beneficial and and I think an hour is enough. I, I do. I don't know that we want to be starting at nine or nine thirty, but that start at eight twenty or eight thirty is unbelievable. And I wish more districts would come see it and and, t- and see what we're doing because that participation and the engagement first period now is so much different than it was before. So much different. Uh, if we were, if, when we did make that change, it did rile up the community and it does rile up parents. It, it just does. Uh, the reason is, and you touched on it, Trev, is that think about an elementary te- uh, elementary parent that has a kid getting home at four o'clock and has childcare set up or they're getting, they, maybe they're, maybe they're a high school teacher getting out at 315 before their kid gets home. So, so if they're getting out at 315 and their kid's not getting out till four, then they can get home in time to pick that kid up off the bus. Right. Now, when you switch that. No, they can't. They can't because the elementary kid is getting out at three o'clock and the high school teacher might not be getting home, getting out till four o'clock. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it is an issue. It, It does become an issue. Having those elementary kids get out early, earlier, it, it, it can really raise an issue because most people aren't able to get off work at 2.30 or 3 o'clock when elementary students are now being dismissed from school. So it, it is a big change for community. It's a big change for parents. Uh, however, I, I will say that if you're doing what's in the best interest of kids, then everything else will fall in place. And as a district, we believe that, that we are doing what's in the best interest of kids because you look at the research, you look at when kids learn best and how kids learn best. And it all the research will say that the older the kids are, K to 12, the later they should start. The younger kids are, the earlier they should start. We've been doing it for umpteen million years that right. starting with the 7 to 12 or the middle school and high school kids earlier and the elementary later. But it's it's backwards and it's outdated. It is an outdated and antiquated system, and it needs to change in more schools than it already has. And and I would like to to jump back at your uh, your one hour uh, for for your school that you guys bumped back an hour uh, or about an hour, mm-hmm. um, and how important that is because from personal experience, I know, and I like that you touched on this with the whole lunch thing. That we had a at my high school, we had a lunch A, lunch B, and lunch C. Mm-hmm. The problem became is that. If you were one of the unlucky ones, you would be not eating uh, right when you got into school. You would you wouldn't be eating right in the school because I know a lot of students. And we're going to talk about this is the uh, problem of breakfast, mm-hmm. but a lot of students don't eat breakfast. So then they come into school, and the problem is they don't eat until let's start with lunch C. They don't eat until let's say twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. That's a huge chunk of time. Mm-hmm. But then the other problem is your students are eating at around one. You said. And so not only is there a big gap between when they're eating in the, in the morning, but that gap continues uh, out into their extra extracurricular activities. Extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. Exactly. The other problem is the earlier time. 
if they're eating at 10 o'clock lunch a that's an even bigger gap than the, when the 12 o'clock lunch is ending right so i just find that to be very important and kind of relating back to the idea of breakfast um i don't know is there anything that uh, your school district is doing as far as breakfast? Is there something you would like to see happen? It would kind of be like a lunch idea, I assume, where you would have um, certain, uh, I guess, like an A1 meal or like the main meal. Um, so how far should schools go with this idea of having breakfast? Very interesting, Travis, because especially with the situation where we're in right now where all the schools are working from home, um, almost every school across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is still ensuring that breakfast is handed out and lunch is handed out. The reason behind that is that sometimes the two best meals of the day for kids are the ones they receive at school. And even more so than the academic needs of a, of a student. It's, it's a school's responsibility to make sure that their needs are being met, their basic needs. You know, in a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that their basic needs, that food, drink, shelter needs are being met. So not that my, my district has all the right answers, but we do offer breakfast for kids when they get there. So kids have to be in first period by 820. We start serving breakfast at 745. Um, wow. It's very similar to lunch. Something really cool that we do is whereas a normal period in between, in, a normal transition in between periods is four minutes. In between first and second period, we have six minutes and we call that second chance breakfast. So they have a couple additional minutes to run to the cafeteria in between classes, grab breakfast, and then take it to their second period class, just in case they didn't, maybe perhaps they didn't get to school until 8.15 or 8.20. Right. And, or their buses, that's what time their bus gets there. So they have that opportunity that if they didn't eat breakfast, that they can get that second chance breakfast as well. So it, it's super important to make sure that they get that because so many of our kids are not able to have access to a good, healthy, nutritious breakfast at home. So if we can provide that at school, then we're meeting those needs because kids aren't going to learn unless their basic needs are being met. All right. Yeah, I mean, those are definitely uh, good points. So it seems like not only do you guys offer um, a great option for breakfast, you offer it twice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on today. Um, unfortunately, we are uh, running low on time uh, and there's some other things I need to get into the podcast, but I really appreciate you coming by. Uh, any last uh, remarks you'd like to make? Uh, no, it, it was a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I'm always willing to talk about the issues that we face in education and having my doctorate in educational administration. I, I love to talk about and always trying to learn. Yep. And if you ever want to uh, jump back up on the podcast, just uh, let me know and surely I'll be able to make something happen. Sounds good. Thanks, Travis. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Just once again, Dr. Tess's time uh, on this podcast today is greatly appreciated. We know that his opinion and experience have tremendous meaning and value because of how much he has worked in schools, um, everything he's seen and everything he's learned as a teacher and a principal, uh, both really important. And once again, just tremendous value on his opinion because of that experience. Um, but this wraps up uh, episode two of sleep and sleep depri deprivation in, uh, problems in schools. Um, this is episode two in a three-part series. The third episode is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be on homework and whether or not students actually benefit from it. Uh, are teachers giving too much? Are they giving too little? And we're going to talk about 
a lot of other topics related to homework in the classroom. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time and make sure you tune into the next episode of Trav Talks.